Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is February 10th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with news from around the world of international dispute resolution. Let's start today with the news. The Swiss Supreme Court upholds the request for revision of an arbitral award based on the subsequent discovery of circumstances that justified the removal of an arbitrator. In a decision published back on January 15th of this year, the Swiss Federal Supreme Court upheld a request for revision of an arbitral award of the Lucien-based Court of Arbitration for Sport, or CAS, regarding the Chinese swimmer Sun Yang on grounds of bias and a lack of impartiality of the chairman of the CAS Tribunal. The tribunal made its ruling back on February 28th of 2020, whereby CAS imposed an eight-year ban on the Chinese swimmer for violating doping rules. However, on June 15th, Sun Yang filed an appeal against the CAS award with the Swiss Federal Supreme Court. In the appeal, he raised doubts about the impartiality of the chairman of the CAS tribunal, Franco Frattini. Sun Yang submitted evidence from 2018 and 2019 where, allegedly, Mr. Frattini had repeatedly published comments about the treatment of animals in China on his Twitter account, which Yang asserts included extreme anti-Chinese language. And particularly and allegedly, Mr. Frattini used racial slurs and other demeaning language targeted at Chinese people. As a result, the Swiss court agreed with Sun Yang's assertion and set aside the award issued by the Kaas Tribunal. One final note on this matter, this case led to an update in Swiss law. Under the previous version of the Swiss Private International Law Act, the court would have only had the ability to set aside the award. The revision that went into effect at the beginning of this year now allows the court to revise an arbitral award should such a similar challenge be successful in the future. Then we turn to another European-based high court as the German Federal Court of Justice applies the CISG to the validity of an arbitration agreement. It is a well-established principle that an arbitration agreement is a separate agreement from the substantive agreement itself. As a result, the arbitration agreement can be governed by different law from the substantive agreement itself. The question of what law governs the arbitration agreements when the parties have not explicitly chosen a governing law is still a matter up for debate. Another matter for consideration is whether the CISG can govern the arbitration agreement itself. The matter arises in particular if both parties to the arbitration agreement are from CISG contracted states. Most courts and scholars argue that the CISG can govern the formation of the arbitration agreement. They argue Articles 19 and 81 of the CISG speak in favor of this position. However, the minority view points to the fact that the CISG does not deal with the formation of the arbitration agreement because Article 4 of the CISG limits the scope of the CISG to the formation of sales contracts. Which brings us up to the decision of November 26, 2020, where the German Federal Court of Justice addressed the issue. Before we get into the substance of the ruling, a brief backdrop. The parties entered into an agreement for the supply of spices. In a letter confirming the order of 1,500 kilograms of mace flowers, the Dutch seller referred to the general terms of the Dutch Spice Association. Those terms designate the law of the Netherlands to govern the contract and expressly exclude the application of the CISG contract. Now, the Dutch seller did not attach these terms to confirmation letters, to the German buyer, or to the contract. Neither did the buyer sign the order confirmation that included the references to the Spice Association's terms. When the buyer filed a suit against the seller before the German court, the seller objected against the jurisdiction of the German courts and relied on the arbitration clause included in the Spice Association's terms. So, what did the German court decide? 
it found that the alleged arbitration agreement was invalid on formal grounds, relying on the principles laid out in Article 2.2 of the New York Convention, Section 1031 of the German Code of Civil Procedure, which is an adoption of the Uncentral Model Law, and the law applicable to the arbitration agreement. In its opinion, the court explains that while the substantive validity of the arbitration agreement is only governed by one law, the law chosen by the seat of the parties of the seat, the formal validity of the arbitration agreement is, however, governed by a multitude of laws. It is sufficient if the arbitration agreement is formally valid pursuant to at least one of these laws. Then one more story arises out of the end of 2020. On December 24, 2020, the new Brazilian Insolvency Act, NBIA, was published in the official Brazilian Gazette. The act implements important modifications in the field, including a few related to arbitration, which came into force on January 23rd of 2021. Acknowledging that typically arbitration and insolvency are two wholly different and separate worlds, the new legislation appears to address at least a couple of important aspects. First, the effect of insolvency proceedings on arbitration agreements and second, the effective insolvency proceedings on ongoing arbitrations. Andre Luis Montero, a practitioner with Quinn Emanuel Ucart and Sullivan, LLP, lays out some of the key differences in a Kluwer arbitration blog post from February 4th. A review of that article will likely aid in understanding this important topic in Brazilian law. Then, in geopolitical echo or rhyme to the EU's phasing out of interstate bilateral investment treaties between its member states, something similar seems to be occurring on the African continent, specifically regarding negotiations and discussions around the African continental free trade area, which have suffered delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the likely result may be an agreed protocol among a bloc of African nations on how to manage commercial issues from trade, transportation and energy, all the way to how they resolve disputes of the same. Mr. Unad Ulepo addresses this topic in fuller detail in the Kluwer Arbitration blog post. Finally, rounding out the news this week, Professor Dr. Stefan Schill, in collaboration with ICA, shares selected case summaries from ICA's yearbook on commercial arbitration. This collection is the first upload of 2021 and includes commentary on notable international arbitration cases from around the globe. In his comments, Schill refers to a French court and U.S. federal court addressing the same topic of enforcement of an ICC award, addressing the operation of two Indian satellite companies. The courts examined which arbitration clause applied and whether either was pathological. Schill also points to a U.K. Supreme Court decision in Halliburton, which we also discussed earlier on this show. Recall, in that case, the lower courts did not remove an arbitrator in a London arbitration against an insurer in respect of the Deepwater Horizon disaster. Now, while the arbitrator had violated his duty to disclose his appointment to other related arbitrations, the court held that a fair-minded and informed observer would not conclude under the circumstances that a reasonable possibility of bias was present. Shill concludes his recommendation with an upload of three cases from Iran and one from Cuba showing how the courts on those jurisdictions engage with the New York Convention. The full read is available on the ICA website. Leaving the world of news, we head over to opportunities. Starting this week, the Asian International Arbitration Center, AIAC, is hosting its fifth annual virtual pre-moot to take place from March 5th to 7th, and they are seeking arbitrators to serve during the rounds. All you have to do to get in the action is head over to the AIAC website and click pre-moot to get involved. Then, if you were interested in the earlier story on intra-African BITs, this opportunity might be right for you. The Journal for Transnational Dispute Management has an active call for papers on the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, AFCFTA. Potential authors are invited to submit pieces that address a wide range of topics related to the agreement. 
from energy to mining to investment treaty practices and more. Instructions for submitting abstracts and full papers is available on the TDM website. Then rounding out opportunities for this week, global firm White & Case is seeking a legal assistant or trainee to join its international arbitration team based in London. The ideal candidate should have some familiarity with international dispute resolution, strong IT and document management skills, as well as a diligent work ethic and the ability to seamlessly work in a team environment. Further details can be found on the firm's website. Now on to events. First, on February 12, Arbitral Women post an event titled Arbitration and ADR in Technology Disputes, a view from leading practitioners in the field. The event will offer a discussion on practical solutions that often allow technology disputes to be resolved with efficiency and expertise that cannot always be found in a courtroom setting. Speakers will include Maria Shadid, Nelifour Hussain, Kuntiga Luau, Sarah Reynolds, Patricia Shaughnessy, and Claire Morel de Westcaver, who was a guest on this show last season. Head to the Arbitral Women website to find out more. Next up on February 15th, the ICC Young Arbitrators Forum hosts an event titled, Is Love in the Air? Effective Cooperation in International Arbitration for a very special Valentine's Day event with a panel discussion on smooth cooperation between arbitration users. Speakers will include in-house lawyers, external counsel, and ICC secretary representatives from a variety of backgrounds. They will discuss tips and tricks for building collaborative and cooperative environment in dispute resolution context. After that, the London Court of International Arbitration and the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators team up for an event titled Green ADR, How Do We Collaborate for the Future? The seminar will facilitate a conversation on recent initiatives to manage ADR processes in a sustainable way. The panel will also discuss the lessons that have been learned during the pandemic about ways to resolve disputes while minimizing the climate impact. Finally, one more event to end the week, this one on February 19th, and is titled the United Nations Association of the United States of America Global Engagement Summit. This event is the largest annual gathering of UN supporters in the United States, bringing together community leaders, college students, young professionals, and subject matter experts from across the country to delve into the mission and life-saving work of the United Nations. This year's theme is From Moments to Movements, Solidarity and Sustainability and will call for a greater global cooperation to achieve a better world for everyone, everywhere. Then some breaking news before we say goodbye. Just yesterday, on February 9th, as reported by the Global Arbitration Review, GAR that states, entities controlled by two Ukrainian oligarchs say they are bringing an exit claim against the United States of America in response to civil forfeiture actions targeting their asset. Gar says that the press release from the claimant states that the claim was submitted at the beginning of the week and is said to have been brought under the Ukraine-US Bilateral Investment Treaty. Neither Ixid nor the US government have published any comment as of yet. This is a notable case as it will be one of the first non-NAFTA or USMCA claims made against the United States. This is a developing story and we will bring updates as they come. That's all for this week. Remember to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and to like and review if you can. And also, share with a friend or colleague. Before we get out of here, I'd like to say to all of my friends celebrating Xin Nian Kuai La, which is Happy Chinese New Year. It is the year of the ox this year, so check out your Chinese horoscopes for the upcoming year. Have some traditional Chinese dishes, I know I will, and make it a great one. So, for any comments or feedback for the show, can be sent to talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal.